Welcome back to That's the Truth. I am Jay Gallegos, and this is episode number four. I'm so glad to have you back. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are blessed. If this is your first time with us, our goal is to learn and grow together and get one step closer in becoming who God has intended us to be so we can be effective and be an impact in everything that we do. So just so you can have an idea of the format of the podcast, we will be releasing an episode twice a month. First, we'll have a teaching followed by a second episode two weeks later. We'll have on a guest, a friend, a leader, a pastor, a mentor figure that is going to casually sit and talk to us, share some knowledge and wisdom. So that's going to be a lot of value to all of us there. In episode number three, we had the opportunity to speak to a friend of mine, Samuel Wentworth. He is a youth director for the South Texas District of the Spanish Ministries of the UPCI. So that is a lot of value to you there if... Um, you are a youth leader, uh, I recommend and encourage you to go check that out. So I don't want you to miss out on what's coming up next. And if you have not subscribed, I would encourage you to go ahead and do so. So you can get a notification every time that we release a new episode. So I recently had the opportunity to speak to the wonderful young people of TDV Southwest here in the Houston area. So a big shout out to them. And we were talking a little bit about old wells in new generations. So if that kind of sparks up a question of what that's about. So let me give you a little bit of background and what I mean by that. So back when I was growing up, um, my mom and my three sisters uh, as a kid, every summer I would go to Florida to visit my dad. And um, back in, in, in the city where he lives, if you are out of the city limits, you are required to have a water well system to bring in water to the home. And uh, that was my first experience with this type of system. Um, used to city. I'm a city boy. So used to city water. And uh, that was the first time that I, I had an experience with a water well. And needless to say, it wasn't very pleasant. Um, if you know anything about these systems, you know that the water smells dirty. Uh, it's, it's contaminated, nothing like city water. You can't wash your car with it. You can't almost do anything with it because it stains everything. So in order to pull clean water from the well, it has to be a minimum of about a hundred feet deep. So the deeper that you go, the cleaner the water is going to be, but the deeper you go also the higher the cost to dig it. So as you go deeper, the idea is that the water is cleaner, but the downside to that is that the water hardness level is also greater due to the minerals in the water. So the deeper you go, the higher the cost. It is cleaner, but the hardness level of the water is higher, and that is due to the natural minerals. So that is where a water softener comes into play in order to level things out. So water wells have been around for a very, very long time. This is an ancient type of system. And I mean, ancient all the way back, going back all the way to Genesis in uh, the beginning of the Bible, back in the times of Abraham and Isaac. Uh, and, and back in these times, it was equivalent to having either gold or even uh, oil today. So typically, the well would stay in the family line through inheritance. It would get handed down and passed down through generations. So in the book of Genesis, chapter 26, we see a story that really impacted me and something that I really relate to and I want to share with you today. And 
it, it tells it tells us about when Isaac lived and his experience in Gerar. So due to the famine in the land, the Bible tells us that God had told Isaac to move to the land of Gerar, and he would bless him according to the oath that was sworn not to Isaac, but to Abraham, his father. So Isaac would be blessed based on the oath that was sworn to his father, Abraham. So the Bible tells us in verse 5 of chapter 26 of Genesis that because Abraham obeyed my voice, he says, because he obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, Isaac was going to be blessed. So Isaac did exactly that. He went and lived in the foreign territory and a land that was strange to him uh, of Gerar. So he goes and he lives there. So Isaac was blessed according to the oath of Abraham, the, according to the oath that God had with Abraham. So in verse 12, we see that Isaac sowed in the land and he reaped in the very same year a hundredfold. He became very prosperous very quickly. And you want to talk about instant gratification or seeing results in a very quick way. This is a good representation of that. He reaped and in the same year, a hundredfold. So he had possessions of flocks. He had herds. He had a great number, number of servants. He, he became very wealthy, very prosperous, very, very fast. So of course, the locals, the Philistines, they didn't like this very much. And this sparked up inside of them envy. So, of course, uh, they threw him out into the Gerar Valley. So that's not very different from today. If you would compare it to uh, this, the, the times that we're living in now, um, that is your typical cancel culture, what we would call it, where the critics would come out and all of a sudden have an opinion where things start going really well for you. All of a sudden, um, the critics come out and have something to say. But the good news is that when God is for us, who can be against us? And what God has destined, no man can push away. So some more good news here is that Abraham had dug up some wells in his time. So by the time that Isaac gets pushed out into the valley of Gerar, he encounters some wells that Abraham had dug up and had named. But in this time, uh, the Bible tells us that the Philistines, the enemies, had filled these in with dirt after the death of Abraham. So the Bible tells us that Isaac goes out and digs these up again. But notice how the specific detail that the Bible takes the time to tell us that the wells were filled in after the death of Abraham. So what does this tell us? That as long as Abraham was alive, the wells were protected. Nothing would happen to them. They were perfectly fine. They were functional. They were doing what they were supposed to do. They were, they were protected. They were in the possession of Abraham. But after his death, the Philistines, instead of using them as a source, they go and fill them up. So at the time that Isaac gets pushed out to the valley, he goes and digs them up. He dug up what his father had originally started, and the Bible tells us that he called them by the same names that his father had called them. So how does this apply today, and what does this have to do with us now? So the whales of the past must be preserved, and they must be maintained today. Let me explain this this way. 
I know Jesus today because of my grandparents and my mother. They began this journey years ago. I just simply continued on it. Has it been easy? Definitely not. Actually, opposite of that, it's been difficult. It's been a bumpy ride. I've had plenty of mistakes. But the foundation that they started, I've been able to stand on today. I know how to seek God. I know how to get to God's presence. I know how to um, get to the presence of God because of what they taught me. I remember going to prayer service, midweek Bible study, twice on Sunday as a kid. The blessing over my life today is tied together to the commitment and the sacrifices that they made to what they started many years ago. So there are things that they lived through that I won't have to deal with because they chose to live set apart and they built a godly foundation. That's something that I get to stand on now. That's something that I get to teach my family now. That's, those are, that's a foundation that I get to continue to build on, thankfully, to the wells that they dug up, thankfully, to the wells that they protected still to this day. So it was tough growing up, but still better than what they had it because of the price that they were willing to pay, and they decided to pave a better way for a better life, according to the Bible, according to God's will, according to uh, how God has called us to live. We're not perfect. Trust me, we're not saints, but we're trying every single day to seek God's will and to fulfill the purpose he has over our life. So it was better. It was never actually about the temporary things, the things that they taught me. It was never about the temporary things because it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about uh, flashy things. It wasn't about uh, expensive things. It wasn't about the temporary things. It was always about the eternal things. This is the difference between the temporary and the eternal, the spiritual things that outlive the temporary. So I had a head start. I feel like I had a slight advantage because they shifted the paradigm for us. And, and I, on the other hand, want to continue to improve even more. And I want to continue building on what they started. The only way that I can improve things for my family is by staying close to God, because honestly, there's a lot of things that I don't know how to do. Honestly, how can I be a good husband or a good father if uh, I didn't have or see the example of what that's supposed to look like? So I have to stay close to God. I have to stay close to God's word. I have to stay close um, to the guidance of what God teaches us to live by because the spirit of God guides us, it teaches us, and it reminds us. It guides us through the areas that we don't know how to navigate through, through the dark valleys, through the dark moments, through the questions. It'll guide us. It'll teach us the things that we don't know. And the Spirit of God will remind us when we forget, because we all know that we do forget and we get that reminder that God is always with us. So from a spiritual perspective, the wells from the past generations are still there, but they have to be dug up and the names cannot be changed. Notice that in the story in this chapter 26 of Genesis, Isaac named the wells after he dug them up the same way that his father Abraham had named them. He didn't change them. So how does this apply to us? The well of prayer 
must be a staple and we must be consistent in prayer to stay connected to God. The well of fasting, consecration, holiness, commitment, moral values. These types of things are going to get us closer to the presence of God. These are the things that are going to help us bear fruit according to the Spirit and live according to what the Word of God tells us. So we can't rename these things. We can't rename, we can't do them any different. Our communication with God is still going to be through prayer. Our consecration is still going to be through fasting, our, our holiness, our way of living, our way of living set apart, our commitment, our moral values, these types of things are and are what they are and they cannot be changed. In order to reach the promise, you still have to go through the process. There is no shortcuts. There is no handouts. You have to still go through the process. So the wells of the past are still there, but they have to be dug up. And in verse 5 of this chapter 26 that we see, uh, Isaac was going to be blessed according to the relationship that Abraham had with God. Isaac was going to bear fruit of that. Isaac was going to be a part of that promise because this is the way that God's will was. So according to the relationship that Abraham had with God, Isaac was going to be blessed because Abraham obeyed his voice, kept his charge, kept the commandments, kept the laws, and he stayed in tune with God. The generations that are present today must reopen the wells. We have to stay connected to God, stay obedient to his word. And this will give the next generation, the following generation, an advantage. Not everyone has the opportunity of being born into a Christian home or a Christian family. So I feel that their battle is much different than someone who grew up in the church. I don't know if you are first or second generation, um, or maybe this is the first generation where the gospel was introduced into your family, the word of God was introduced to your family, and you're trying to figure things out. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of questions. So not everybody has that opportunity of being born into a Christian home and a Christian family. So if there wasn't any wells opened up, there wasn't any ground broken before you, you can be the first to break that new ground, you can be the first to dig up these wells that can be later inherited to the later generation. So we can dig up these new wells and we can protect them. We can dig deep and we can dig far beyond the surface, beyond the contaminants of mediocrity, beyond the contaminants of contentment, beyond the contaminants of comfort. If we're gonna dig a well, we have to go deep. And we have to go well beyond the surface. In a more practical view, if no one in your family ever graduated from high school or received a college education, you can be the first to accomplish that. Who says that you can't? If no one in your family ever owned a business before, and that is firmly set in your heart to start something, something that no one ever did before, you can break that new ground and you can dig that new well. It can be in stewardship. If, for example, we weren't very well at managing time, that's something that I've had to learn as I've gotten older uh, with my wife, my family, managing money. I've had to look up books. I've had to educate myself on how to, how to be a better 
steward and, and manage money better, manage my time better, how to manage relationships, how to manage your health. These are all things that we should improve on daily and make it a habit and make it intentional to improve and be more knowledgeable about. Maybe you came from a broken home. You can be the first to fight for a wholesome marriage and actually build a beautiful family. I've been asked before, why do you live like that? Or how is it possible to, to have a family like that? I want to have what you have. Well, let me tell you, it is possible. You have to fight for it. You have to build a foundation. You have to dig a well. You have to dig it deep and you have to protect it if you are the first generation to do that. But it is possible. There are people that have surpassed major addictions in their life because they were affected by it and they saw the damage that stems from it. There is nothing more powerful than a changed mind. Let me explain it this way. When you become angry enough towards a situation, you are willing to face anything to change it. When you become angry enough towards a situation, you are willing to face anything to, to change it because there's nothing more powerful than a changed mind. If there are addictions in your life that are dragging you down, you have to make the commitment, you have to have the concentration, and you have to have help from God. You have to have guidance in order to break these things, but it is possible. You can dig a new well. You can start a new life. It is possible to do it. So many people have decided to turn their life around and to stay away from alcohol addictions, to stay away from drug addictions because of the lifelong repercussions. So there's a story that I know that I don't know who the author was. I wish I can give him credit, but I don't know who the author was or where I heard this anecdote. But there's two brothers that grew up with an alcoholic, abusive father. And one of them grew up to repeat the exact same story, the same lifestyle of his father. He repeated the exact same way of living, the same pattern. But the other brother grew up completely opposite. So they asked the brother that was alcoholic, grew up to be abusive and aggressive. They asked him, why do you live like this? Why do you drink so much? Why are you an alcoholic? Why are you so angry and abusive? And his response was simply, well, that's all I ever saw. That's all I ever knew. That's all I ever was exposed to. So that's all I'm ever going to be. So they asked the exact same question to his brother and they said, well, how come you don't drink? How come you, you're not very aggressive? You're much more peaceful. You're different. You're not abusive. And he says, well, you have to understand that's all I ever saw. That's all I ever knew. And that's why I want to make it different. That's why I want to live different. I want to break out of that because that's all I was ever exposed to. So there was a perspective change between the two brothers, even though they both grew up in the same home, they both saw the same example. One of them had a perspective change and wanted to live different. He had a change of mind and he wanted to dig a new well. He wanted to live set apart. He wanted to have a different story to tell and change that paradigm, break the addictions and break those chains of bondage. So unfortunately, so many people have been affected from some type of abuse in the home. 
And that comes with so many repercussions, which affect how we live and how we manage our relationships later on down the road. This affects how we make decisions for our family later on down the road. And the good news is that you can change the narrative from here going forward. It is possible, and it is possible to change the paradigm. It is possible to dig a new well. It is possible to provide fresh water and a new lifestyle for your family today and for the next generation. So there's a story in the Bible that mentions Jesus going through Samaria. In John chapter 4, Jesus is going through Samaria, and he sits on Jacob's well. And this stands out, and the Bible takes the time, again, to let us know this detail that it's Jacob's well that was handed down to Joseph. And I wonder where it is that Jacob saw this idea of digging wells. Maybe it could have been through Isaac. Isaac saw it from his father, Abraham. And now we see it, Jacob and Joseph. So Jesus sits on this well, and he's speaking to the Samaritan woman. And we know what it says In verse 13 and 14 of chapter 4, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. After Isaac had dug up the wells in the valley, they pushed them out again. The Bible tells us that the locals, the shepherds in the Jarrah Valley, all of a sudden, Claimed to be the owners of the water that Isaac had just dug up. So, just to keep the peace, Isaac says, okay, go ahead and keep it. But he named that well argument, or a word that means argument. Isaac goes out and then digs another well a little further out. He doesn't stay just there, he digs a little further out. So then the same thing happens. They come out, they dispute with him, and all of a sudden, well, He says, instead of arguing back, instead of fighting for it, he lets him have it. Go ahead and keep it. He called that well hostility. So he then then moves a little further out and he digs up another well yet again. And all of a sudden, there is no dispute over it. He's looking over his shoulder. Nobody's coming out to claim it. He put in all the hard work. And he called this what means open space. And he says, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. So let me tell you, it doesn't matter how many times you get pushed away. It doesn't matter how many times you get canceled out. It doesn't matter how many times you get pushed out. If God has called you for a purpose, he is going to make it happen. Regardless of wherever Isaac found himself, he still dug a well. And he was able to get to the source. So he later moves on from there. And God reminds him again. And he tells him that he was going to be blessed because of the oath that was sworn to his father Abraham. So then the Bible tells us that Isaac built an altar. And then again, he built or he dug another well. It doesn't matter where we are. If God has a promise for our life. He is going to see it through. If God has called us and created us with a purpose, he is going to see it through. It doesn't matter what man has to say about it. It doesn't matter what 
the haters have to say about it. God is going to push it through and he's going to see the promise through. Why? Because he is Lord over our lives. So this also reminded me of the story of David. And just to leave you with this, David was not allowed to rebuild the temple or he was not allowed to build the temple because of the bloodshed, because of the wars, because of the bloodshed that, that was on his hands. So David and his army had fought for territory. They prepared the materials and they made all the necessary preparations for building of the temple. And this task was assigned by God to Solomon. So in First Chronicles 22, verse 9, we see where Solomon was a chosen one to build the temple. But watch this. And this is pretty interesting. And the Bible tells us that Solomon was able to build in a time of peace and a time of quietness. So what does that mean? And what does that have to do with David? David had fought every battle that could possibly be fought. He had the territory. He had the materials. He had everything in place. He had the leadership in place. He had access to the one who was going to build a temple, which is Solomon. But he was going to do it in a time of peace and a time of quietness. In other words, there was, no, there was not going to be any more wars. There was not going to be any more bloodshed. There was not going to be any more battles to fight. Because the battles that needed to be fought, David fought and he won them. God gave him victory. He made him prosperous. He was a victorious king. So he fought every single battle for the territory and for the materials and for the power. And Solomon later was able to build in a time of peace and a time of quietness. So later he tells the leadership in verse 18 and 19, he says, Is not the Lord your God with you? And he has not given you rest on every side, for he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. And then verse 19 says, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore, arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God. Notice that in verse 18, God is the one that's giving. He gave rest on every side. But in, in verse 19, now it's something that they were responsible for. The people were responsible for setting their heart and their soul to seeking God. God gave the peace and the rest, but the people were responsible for setting and aligning their heart and their soul to seeking God. So what do I mean by all of this? It's not all spiritual. I want you to walk away and have some practical takeaways from what we talk about. So maybe you can identify with Abraham. Maybe you are the one where you're having to break the ground. You're having to dig the wells for the first time. You're having to establish something spiritual. You're having to establish a relationship with God for the first time that no one before you had ever done before. Maybe you're the first generation and you're having to dig that well. You're, you're like a David where you're having to fight the battles. You're having to face the repercussions of being addicted at some point. Or maybe you're having to do the healing because you lived in a broken home or you came from an abusive experience and you're having to heal from that in order to give peace and quietness to the later generations in order so they don't have to deal with the same 
types of battles. Maybe you have, maybe you're more identified with Isaac, where you could possibly be second or third generation, and you're having to dig up the wells because at some point or another, there was some type of disconnect uh, with God. Maybe you stepped away or maybe you walked away at some point. You can go back and dig up the wells because they're still there. They're still present. You still have access to God's presence. You still have access to prayer. You still have access to the promise because the promise that you're going to see is because of the ones that came before you. Just like Solomon was able to build something new, something great in a time of peace, in a time of quietness, because the battles that David fought, because of the battles that David won, because God was with him. So now Solomon was able to build something new, something great, something amazing in a time of peace and a time of quietness. I don't know who you identify yourself with, but. If you have to dig up new wells, God is on your side. If you have to break new ground, seek his word, align your heart and your soul to seek God, and his promise will see you through. He will put everything in place in order to align things, in order to break the paradigms. He will give us the strength in order to see the promise through. If you're having to, break addictions, you're having to heal, if you're having to fight new battles, let me tell you that it is very, very worth it for the generations to come, for the family that's coming behind you, for your family, it's worth fighting for. They're going to be able to do something in a time of peace and a time of quietness. I don't know where you find yourself today, and I don't know who you identify yourself with more, but the wells of then have to be either dug up or they have to be dug up for the first time and they have to be protected. But the source of life is still accessible today. Old wells in new generations. This is a new generation, but the well, it's been dug up. The relationship established. The foundation is established or is being established. And that is going to be the foundation for the later generations. Old wells in new generations. Hey, I want to thank you for joining me today. You can find more content like this in my blog, inspired2inspired.org. That's inspired, the number two, inspired.org. And I hope this was helpful to you. It was a blessing for me. It was a blessing for me to share it with you and being transparent with you today. So if it's been a blessing to you as well, uh, it would mean so much to me if you subscribed or you've left a review or if you rate it, uh, go ahead and take a minute to do that. You could also share it with a friend on social media. I would love to connect with you there. So don't forget to check out the description. I will leave some links where uh, we, other ways where we can connect. And thanks again for tuning in. Have a blessed day and we'll see you on the next one.